Hello and welcome to Rollins Around Town. I'm Sam Stark. I serve as the Vice President of Communications and External Relations here at Rollins College. Rollins Around Town is a showcase of outstanding people who make dynamic and important contributions to the Rollins campus and throughout Central Florida. In either case, these are difference makers who help uplift the mission and brand of Rollins and who help make our region a special place to live, learn, and work. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Lauren Cooper. Lauren is class of 2016, a communications major, formerly a legislative aide to our very own Florida House of Representatives member, Anna Escamani, a former guest of the show. And Lauren also serves on our Rollins College Alumni Board. Lauren, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Sam. So Lauren is currently seeking her master's uh, of public administration and nonprofit management at UCF. And um, we're just so happy to have you on the show. You play, have played such an important uh, part of, of my work and, and Rollins' work with your uh, work in, for five years with the Florida House of Representatives and on the alumni board. But before we get to some of that, just start off with, you know, who was Lauren Cooper before you came to Rollins? Where'd you grow up and how did you get to Rollins College? Oh my goodness, we're going way back. Not too no. far back, you know, maybe not day <laughs> one, but. <laughs> yeah, um, goodness. Well, I, I'm originally from Sanford, Florida, so not too far, just yep. up in Seminole County. Um, I did IB program at Seminole High, so um, solidarity to any students going through that program, too. Um, I had originally looked at a lot of out-of-state options, but because my mom sort of at the last minute that suggested I take a look at Rollins. We did a campus tour here, um, got a great aid package, and recognized that I wanted to pursue more of a small liberal arts education, um, even though we have so many great statewide schools here. Um, so I, yeah, in, applied and enrolled in 2013, um, which was also the first year they offered the communications major. Right. Um, so it, it all aligned. I love it. That's great. <laughs> How was it going to school for you in your, you know, sort of your hometown? Did, did you feel like you got away or, or were you able to sort of still have a close connection to, to home? I think it was a little bit of both, right? Because it's kind of, especially when you're a student, a little out of sight, out of mind. You just put your head in the books. And I actually lived on campus, too. So I feel like I'd be in class all day and then doing extracurriculars, um, camping out in Nolan all night kind of thing. Right. So, um, it was nice to have the comforts of home not too far, um, but I also got to travel a lot when I was on campus for conferences or um, immersions, that kind of thing. Yeah. So. so share a little bit about your journey. You know, maybe start in the classroom. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we talk a lot about the Rollins classroom and teaching experience about how there's sort of this really intimate and meaningful relationships between students and their faculty, and there's just open dialogue and a lot of challenging and, and learning. Uh, was that the case for you? Or, or I guess maybe what was the case for your in-classroom learning experience? Yeah, so I feel really grateful that there was a lot of synergy in and out of the classroom. And I still keep in touch with a lot of my professors um, and the folks that were working on campus at the time. I actually just had dinner with one of my professors a few days ago. Nice. Um, but I found that, especially with the cl smaller classroom sizes rate, that you just get the opportunity to really dig your heels into a lot of questions maybe that would be overlooked in a larger classroom setting. 
Um, and some of my favorite classes were ones that I really stumbled on. I ended up minoring as well in sustainable development. Nice. And so I took almost every class I could offered by Dr. Barry Allen. Um, I also really, really loved um, what was required or a prerequisite I had to take for a science. Um, for anth- I think it was anthropology. Okay. Um, and just I feel like the the passion of the professors here, um, it it just really thrives in that environment where you get to have those one-on-one conversations and yep. lean into what your interests are. Yeah, that definitely is um, the, the the Rollins way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, how about out of the classroom? What what I know you had a a, a good deep career here uh, within student media at WPRK. Tell us a little bit about you know, how, how else you engaged within the Rollins offerings? Yeah. Goodness. Okay. Um, I started like as a lot of freshmen do just saying yes to everything, which I eventually rolled back on, (laughs) um, for my own sanity, but I really was involved in student media. So that was PRK. That was the Sandspur at the time, the launch of independent magazine, the independent, um, which was really cool. Um, launched by Scott Novak. And when I was at PRK, I did that for a summer where I was doing a show, but also supporting as a communications intern. We revamped the website, did a lot of cool projects um, under the leadership of Greg Golden. Shout there. out, Greg. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I found that was a great creative outlet um, to complement my comms degree because I did a focus in public relations. But a lot of that can be a little more... Um, like high level, and so you don't always get to engage in the nitty gritty sort of implementation of those things. So I did, um, yeah, my my time with the the radio station after my first my first year on campus. So sophomore yeah. year, I started getting more involved too. Did you did you say yes to these things because you thought that they would be helpful for your career? You know, which probably <laughs> you didn't really know about at the time, or or did you right. think? I just, I just want something else to do and maybe meet a friend or two and try something else. I think it was the latter. Um, I did a lot of internships and things like that that I thought were more career focused. Um, but especially when it came to PRK or student media as a whole, I feel like it's so corny to say, but I felt like almost in my gut, I knew that I wanted to be involved in those spaces. Like when I stepped into youth first, Sandspur meeting that was way up the stairs on the very tip top of this uh-huh. building, um, or likewise into the PRK basement. Um, there was like a sense of grittiness and just creativity um, and safety that I thought was really fun. And it was a little bit of a uh, like enriching foil to just like the polished, like, um, you know, spaces of Rollins too, where you get to have some of that contrast and, um, you know, maybe be exposed to to other students that were doing, um, like studying the arts and the humanities, and I was a little more isolated with that when I was doing comms. So I just really appreciated that. Uh, we'd love asking this question to Rollins alums: Did you learn more in the classroom or out of the classroom? Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you could say out of the classroom because you're also that's where you spend the majority of your time, yeah. and a lot of that bleeds over. Um, there are so many times where I, you know, referencing Dr. Allen again, we might have a class run for those 90 minutes or so, but then you end up carrying on that conversation in their office for another hour after that. So 
actually have to go or they have to go. Um, and I also find that, so I ended up doing my degree in three years because I had come in with a lot of credits from the IB program, um, which was great. It was, I was advertised as like a high schooler, so I was right. glad that it, it worked. But um, like being able to revisit those relationships after the fact has been really meaningful. Um, one of my comms professors, maybe a year or two after I graduated, had posted on LinkedIn that he was looking for like partners to do research. And even though I'd already graduated, we ended up um, linking up to do that and ended up being published in 2018. So it's just one of those things that your like tenure of your relationships on campus really can just stand the test of time. Right. So it's awesome. Pretty amazing. And I think you mentioned you 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 came to Rollins not with no intention of being a communications major. <laughs> no. What was your what was that moment like that you realized this, I, I need to go down this other path? Yeah. Um it was very organic because I remember I had been enrolled, I think freshman that first semester um you know you have your RCC and then a few other courses and I was accepted as a 3-2 student um which for folks who don't know is that three-year undergraduate two-year track to crummer um accelerated sort of access um to the business school and so I came into that thinking well this sounds kind of like a buy one get one deal I'd, I'd love to do that <laughs> And I took an INB class, but I also felt like I had room in my schedule to tack on one more class. And against my advisor's suggestion, I wanted to add a comms class, but the only class that I think was accepting at the time, like during that ad drop week, was a 300 level class. And I frankly didn't know what that meant. So I said, yeah, we'd like to do that. <laughs> and I ended up uh, in a digital media class under Dr. Ted Grinellos. And... Mm -hmm. Really enjoyed that. Um, also liked his teaching style um, and ended up adding the double major against also <laughs> the <laughs> advice um, of my advisors and found myself feeling a lot more just engaged and intrigued when I was in my comms classes in IMB per se, um, even though at the time I was also studying a little bit of the new, at the time, social entrepreneurship major. I was getting some of that business brain scratched in other places. Right. Um, yeah, so I made that shift, I think, at the end of my first semester to be fully committed to comms. And then I think after I did an immersion I, to the Florida Keys, I added sustainable development Very as a cool. minor. Was that so. a spring break immersion or a, yeah, just a regular week long? Yeah, it was February 2014. Okay. So um, my dad is from Florida. My mom is from an East African country called the Seychelles Islands. And so they're really married by just their vulnerability to climate change. And so one of the things we talked about in the Keys was just coral bleaching. And um, when I was a kid, I spent a lot of time in the Keys. So that just really resonated with me. And I wanted to learn a little bit more about you know, access to preserving our environment. Yeah, fascinating. So it's January or February of 2016. What are you What are you thinking? What are you doing? What do you know what you're going to be doing next? Um, at the time, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was applying to positions um, like through the spring semester 
I was really active on LinkedIn because I thought it was like the holy grail of job opportunities and some giggles in the studio. Yeah, so we were just talking, Madison and I were just talking about the, the importance of LinkedIn for, for oh, yeah. somebody her, her at her stage and mm-hmm. that was the same stage you were in. So sorry. Yeah. Carry well, on. No, of <laughs> course. I, I love that. Um, it's full circle. But I guess the synergy for me or where things kind of aligned was that just out of the blue, I ended up getting contacted from a Rollins alumni shortly after I graduated, which in retrospect, it was really funny because he just messaged me to say, oh, hey, you're a Rollins tar, right? Do you need a job? And we had never communicated before, but I did need a job. So (laughs) I ended up um, that summer, I did a tenure on campus with the Duke TIP program, which was the Duke University talent identification program that worked with um, like gifted young students at satellite campuses across the country. So I was administrator for that program over the summer. And then in July, August, I ended up starting this other um, opportunity, which was with RVR Consulting Group. It's a boutique management consulting firm based out of Winter Park. And uh, the alum that reached out to me was, yeah, Kurt Wells of Ohio. (laughs) Um, And then it's under uh, Joe Ramey as well. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Connectivity and the importance of of the Rollins alumni world, which um, we'll we'll get to in a a minute. so you did those things and then take us to, you know, your five-year journey in the Florida House of Representatives. Exactly. How that, what was that change of, of career? Sort of a bit of a change of career path, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like it's always so cliche when I or anyone always says, you know, the journey's not linear and <laughs> you never know it'll come up. Um, but I just really lean into that. Um, so I never taken any political science courses when I was on campus. I did not really have an affinity for like that line of study. But I was also on campus in 2016. Um, I was also working at Duke Tip during Pulse. And so, and I'm as I mentioned, I'm from Stanford too. So there's just so many political elements that I felt like were like in my um, like environment um, at that time that I knew I wanted to get more involved, whether that was through social entrepreneurship or um, social justice and really just wanted to be able to channel the skills that I had at the time, which felt so limited, but um, wanted them to translate to some kind of community impact. And so I think that was a time where I think a lot of people can relate. Just looking at the national scale, you felt very out of control or a little bit like the nation was on fire. So just being able to look within your your locus of control here in Orlando or your backyard, in which case for us was District 47 at the time, um, and say, okay, well, if I can offer some relief or some compassion to my neighbors here, maybe that's the start of, um, you know, building bridges that will make a difference in the long run. So um, while I was working full-time at the consulting firm, I was moonlighting, doing night and weekend work for um, – different nonprofits, um, such as Rethink Energy Florida, um, Organized Florida, now Florida Rising. And I'm trying to think how it how it all came together. <laughs> but I ran into um, like Rep Eskimani at a Florida Rights Restoration event, which was um, the effort with Amendment 4 to restore um, voting rights to returning citizens. And that was 2017. 
Um, and she'd express that she'd be running for office. And I had seen her publicly speak maybe six months prior. And I felt too nervous to approach her. So at the time, I said, oh, I saw you speak earlier this year. I thought you were great. And I'd love to learn a little bit more um, of maybe how I could support you because I'm doing some comms work, you know, in the community. Right. And, yeah, ended up being the digital coordinator for what was our first campaign. Um, about a year later, we ultimately flipped that seat, um, which is the largest flip in the state of Florida, um, turning it from red to blue and just worked to, to build power from there over yeah. the last five years. But it's so journey. <laughs> five years, uh, you know, you, you talk about uh, politics and, the you know, the, the nation on fire and just, just the, the challenges of politics. I guess I'll just sort of leave it with that word. Um, <laughs> it's accurate. Yeah. Um, how was it? Like, how was life in Tallahassee? Hmm. I know you didn't necessarily live there, but um, uh, just knowing and seeing and being a part of it all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really funny. I was um I was talking to a friend the other day and offering them some uh like life advice and they said, Oh, have you thought about like being a therapist? Not working in politics, but working in, in that field and I thought, Well, I think I said to them, Oh, they're they're the same. You know, you are you're constantly um fielding woes and just trying to make sense of honestly, just the residual impact of trauma, like brought down by institutions and even at the grassroots level. And I think good governance and part of um, my passion about public administration and the synergies with the nonprofit sector. Um, and of course, the private sector has a role in that too. But, you know, we have a social responsibility, like a human, to like foster human dignity, I think. And like efficient effective government creates a pathway for that to be possible um and it was just really fulfilling um year over year to speak to people not only across central florida but across our state and across our country um especially throughout the pandemic that we're contacting our office and they would start with sentiments of i've never done this before mm -hmm. or you know, my political party is X. Can you please help me? And it's just really humbling to talk to people, um, especially when they're in that vulnerable place or even like a heightened emotional place, right. um, which happens often, <laughs> and reminding them that there's not just common ground during election cycles, but in that everyday place of, I see you, I understand why you're frustrated, let's see what we can do. Um, sometimes you can't always, you know create the solution that you want for folks. I know often, like in my lived experience, that was talking to people that really needed access to housing, mm. um, like first and foremost, maybe not having the resources to um, provide that, but stepping in in other areas. Um, during the pandemic, even, we supported, I think it was 70,000 people with unemployment in 43 states in all 67 counties. Oh. So you talk about just the scope of, need mm -hmm. i think that it often gets like overlooked because we're always just moving to the next thing yeah um or the big shiny like presidential election right yeah. um because it's so symbolic um right. you know our, our um head of state but to the same point like there's so much there's so much to be done through local and state government because you see those immediate um 
responses so quickly. And, you know, you get to have personal relationships with those members and those staff. Um, hopefully they're accessible. Right, right. <laughs> um, and that was a big mission of what we tried to do too. Like make it so people felt educated, engaged, and empowered. They didn't feel scared or disenchanted or forgotten. Mm-hmm. Because I know growing up that politicians were not contacting my family because we did not have the resources to donate and cut a big check. Right. Um, and so just I think keeping that perspective um, but also just um, being able to learn not only through the process but from the people, um, whether they were working or our partners or in the community. It was just so, yeah. so enriching. So I'm really thankful. What, what about the learning experience and sort of the, you mentioned the life lesson of, mm-hmm. you know, particularly for, uh, for, for you and, and, and the representative being in the minority, mm-hmm. right? Like just this is now just green sure politics, <laughs> which I love. Um, and you know, we all sort of see the headlines and we see the tweets and, and life can be perceived. Yes. Politics, especially, is just so hyper-toxic and hyper-partisan. Uh, yeah. um, w- w- was that real? Like in the trenches for you, was, was that real? Uh, was there compromise? And how did you all sort of manage being in the a pretty shallow minority in the yeah. Florida House? Yeah. I mean, the minority element is definitely felt. And I know Rep Eskamani can speak to this. And, and so much richer detail too. Um, but the everything is, is dictated by your your position, um, you know, not only from the floor, but even to your parking spot in the building. So <laughs> right, right. office. Yeah. So there's all those administrative ways that the power balance makes itself known. But um, like even from an infrastructure standpoint, when you talk about trying to like deepen strategy um, when you have like fewer aides and fewer members, that's just more challenging. Um, and I think, I think, you know, especially from a staff perspective, like we're meant to be nonpartisan. We obviously serve our members, but at the end of the day, when you're in the community or you're even just discussing legislation, it should be centered on the impact, not the party line. Right. Um, whether that always comes into practice, <laughs> you know, is a different story. But um, I think there's the notion of, like, a lot of folks think that moving the needle is something that happens overnight. And we're not fighting, like, a five-year battle. We're fighting, like, a 50-year battle. And in the hopes that we're, you know, maybe you take – step back now but it's two steps forward one step back kind of thing um and you want to make sure that your community at home knows what's going on too and i think there's a lot of things that folks see back home that are discouraging but there's also um moments that can be really illuminating of okay um see members on both sides that are meeting with these causes that they care about or you know that have shared values on um, you know, this community project or something. Um, appropriations are such a good example of that. Like yeah. the, the budget process and bringing money home for different um, municipal governments like City of Winter Park, City of Belle Isle, um, or even just our nonprofits. Um, you know, I think a lot of that 
is just not sensational enough to mm. hold folks' attention. But right. it's it's really meaningful. It's good and productive. There are there are moments of productivity. Oh yeah, and yes. you've you've got to you've got to really hold those close because um, they don't happen every day. But um, yeah, they make a difference when they do. So let's take a hard shift to to your work and your service back to the college as an alumni board member. <laughs> what what does the Rollins Alumni Board do? Oh my. Um, so the Rollins Alumni Board is really meant to be like a conduit for the alumni perspective to what's happening um, on the ground on campus. So I was actually just here last week and we meet um, like once a quarter um, to get a report out from different entities of the college. Um, sometimes that's students, sometimes it's CAP, sometimes it's career services. Um, and we see not only what's happening, but we offer like counsel of, you know, how can we support this from different generational perspectives, different industry perspectives, um, just to enrich and give back to the college that's poured into us. So yeah, great group of people, great uh, service and commitment to the college on so many different levels. Yeah, and um, you presented to us sometime last year. I did, I did. We had some local. Uh, Building capital projects, <laughs> and uh, and I had the privilege of serving on the alumni board too. Yeah, uh, which was uh, just a, a great great experience, mostly because of the people. Like that's just sort of mm -hmm. in general. I think the Rollins thing is you get to meet a whole new group of, of friends, brothers and sisters, in in, in Rollins, and that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good company. Yes, indeed. Well, thanks for your service for that, for sure. You too. What, you know, Rollins Around Town, that's the name of our show. What role does Rollins play in Central Florida? Oh, my gosh. Well, I, you know the answer to that. <laughs> I do. I want to hear from, yeah. from you. Um, well, I feel like Rollins, um, it just creates this really, I've never actually posed this question before. So I feel like the role of Rollins, and I was saying this at our recent alumni board meeting, too, it's. It's in a totally different um, lane than our other like local schools. Like UCF has their role in the community. Valencia has their role in the community. I feel like in terms of meeting that liberal arts um, moment, like Rollins is such a good incubator for like service learning, for critical thinking, diverse perspectives, and you know even tying in some of the political topics we addressed earlier, it's been like a space where there's a little more um, like preservation of our principles and the opportunity to like see lifelong learning as this really broad um, space um, where diversity is, is celebrated um, and folks from all backgrounds are welcome here. So I really just... Um, I'm thankful for the positions we've taken on a lot of things to be bold, even when it's um, challenging. Yeah. And to be a beacon, I'm uh, really leaning into Fiat Lux right. um, in, in those dark moments. Um, I mean, even on the alumni board, I know that you can speak to this too. There's opportunities where during the pandemic or beyond, um, support services come up for, for students and faculty and being able to be a college that speaks
speaks its values, but also acts on them um, and does that with the intention of um, getting better and better is really meaningful. Over the years I've sat in as a student and now alumni, a lot of dialogues from different corners of, of the college that have reflected on maybe areas we can grow, like areas of opportunity. Um, and we don't ignore those, right. which I think would be the easier thing to do. Yeah. Um, but really just try and um, see what the future of Rollins can look like. And I appreciate all of that. And I know a lot of the, I don't think it's coincidence that a lot of the like cornerstones of my life post-grad have also allowed me to come into contact with so many Rollins alumni. Um, like I've also served in the past on the board for um, the Hive, which was an incubator through Ideas for Us mm -hmm. under um, the leadership of Clay Ferreira. Yeah. Um, and there's just so many, so many passionate folks like that that are um, like out and about, not only in Orlando, but all over right. in Rollins. And that's not a coincidence. I love that. I love that for sure. Um, what's next for you? You're close to finishing your master's in public administration and mm -hmm. nonprofit management. Yeah. Hard to know. I know you, you probably might not even answer if you did specifically know, but what's next for Lauren Cooper? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, we'll see, Sam. We'll see. Breaking um, news. Let's go. Yeah. Um, you'll be the first to know. Thank you. Thank you very much. But, um, I mean, I'm completing my capstones there, so I'm really at the end of my master's program, glad to say. Um, since I'm also not doing the Tallahassee-Orlando circuit, um, I have been traveling a bit, so finishing my program um, in and out at airports has been fun. Um, and my hope, too, is that I'll you know, be able to have a little perspective after completing those capstones and um, you know, just be able to step into a position where I'm able to stretch my skills a little bit but still give back to um, so many incredible communities so all right we'll see where that lands we will be watching okay. um, <laughs> no pressure no pressure um you ever have a place that on campus you know either now when you come back for board meetings or when you were a student you have like a special place that you used to go to to get away just to sort of decompress for a minute yeah yeah i think i think a lot of people would say um like dinky dock and uh -huh. like virginia um something about being by water whether it's um, like an ocean or a lake, I just find really therapeutic. And when I was a student, it was the same. If it was day or night and I just needed to de-stress, I would pop over there. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I share this with you beforehand, and I'll, I'll let you see if you came up with anything. But if you mm -hmm. if you could be president oh, for a no. day, or I guess, you know, the other question I sometimes oh, ask good. is like, what, what's your snap your fingers, make it happen wish for oh, Rollins College? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Probably not something you think about all the time. But, um, here on the spot. Yeah, you might have to come in and ask the alumni board this. Oh, that would be a fun exercise. Yeah, that would be. Um, and you could whiteboard it. Just imagine the possibilities. <laughs> oh, unlimited. Yeah. Um, I'll bring a marker. Um, that's so interesting. I think. Well, I know one thing when I was on campus that I was really interested in seeing more of was like resources for first generation college students. Mm -hmm. I was one of those. Mm -hmm. And I remember signing my master promissory note for my loans and learning what a fellowship was and doing all these things seemingly on my own. And I think 
the irony is that you have an advisor that can counsel you on things, but you don't even know what you don't know. Right. So I would love to see like just maybe more dedicated resources to bridging the gap there because I think it helps set everyone up on the same playing field so that, you know, you're not IDing an opportunity junior, senior year that you could have really um, taken advantage of early on. So I'd love to see that. That's um, fantastic. Come out of the college sometimes. That's a great answer, one that we haven't heard before. So uh, thanks for uh, for sharing that. Anything else you want to share um, before we close out uh, this this show? Um, nothing top of mind, okay. but just big thanks to you and to Madison Bailey um, for your support on the show and just making this um, you know a habit to to bring alumni into the space and just share not only where they've been, but where they are, I think, um, for students and just the wider community, it's so meaningful. And um, I'm excited to listen to some other episodes coming up soon, too. All right. We always have interesting guests, and um, you uh, lived up to, to, to the advice I gave you. The more that you're able to share, the better the show is. So the less I talk, the better, and, and this was clearly the case. You know, um, you're so impressive, and, and we've had the chance to sort of work together professionally. Uh, through uh, you know my role with government relations and, and your role when you were serving um, with Representative Eskamani. Um, so thanks for all you've done for the college and our community, and just can't wait to see what uh, what's next for you. Thank you, Sam. You too. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thanks to Madison. We already got a shout out today. Get two today. Uh, awesome, Colin uh, <laughs> student, who's our marketing coordinator and board operator for the show. Uh, keep updated on all of our shows and guests. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rollins Around Town and subscribe to our podcast, Rollins Around Town, on Apple, Google, and Spotify. So with that, we thank Lauren Cooper, and we wish you all a great day. Thanks.